Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to The Wes and Walker Show. This is another box. Goodness gracious. <laughs> It's Wes. Oh, it's multiple. We got little soccer balls. We got rugby balls. We got the basketball. And Walker. These guys are happy stuffed balls is what they are. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. Good Lord. Uh, That's going to be a drop. We have. It's the last hour of Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I feel like we can share some of the news that we just got with yes. Kyle, right? We can. If I share it and then I get in trouble, will you go down with me? I certainly will, man. All right. It looks like, maybe just to avoid really committing if there's something we shouldn't be talking about, but it looks like WFNZ is going to be well represented in Boston for the Army-Navy game. Right, allegedly. And the events leading up to it. I know, Wes, you are. Super hype. I am, too. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun to make this trip. be easy? Yep. I'll never forget. I dropped this joke during the break as well. But when I was touring Boston with my family, just went up there for a little vacation, and we took a tour guide. And it was cool. Like, usually it's the, oh, here we go. Dad wants to learn the history while we want to go do other fun stuff. But no, it was very cool. And the guy that was giving us a tour said, this is the only place in the world where you can drink a Sam Adams. And you can look across the street and see Sam Adams' grave. It's like, you know what? That's the kind of history I'm about. I'm with that. So maybe we get to do that. (laughs) And if not, we'll get involved in other shenanigans, I'm sure. And I'm glad that you brought this one up, too. Because you like to bring out the telephone. And you will be turning it off during some of the shenanigans. Where some of of the content can go out there for social media. (laughs) And maybe some of it doesn't so much see the the likes of the public eye. Listeners will be getting treats for sure. It'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, Kyle's telling us about how we can uh, host a couple shows up there, get some cool guests Thursday and Friday leading up to that Army-Navy game early December. So it looks like that is in the works. That'll be a lot of fun. I know real, we're really hyped for it. So hopefully the, that all comes to fruition. Looks like it is. So that'll be really cool. All right, Fitty, let's hit it. Live wire coming at you right now. What you got? Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. All right, guys, you you teased the Michael Lombardi appearance earlier this morning on, on Mac and Bone. And it made a lot of sense as to why they wanted to bring him on their radio program. Well, he's also promoting a book, yeah, he, I believe. That's how it all happened. You know, I love when you see these failed GMs. They then want to go write a book about, you know, how, how and why they failed. But, you know, he was very critical of Frank Reich and the Panthers in the preseason. And when he joined the guys this morning, he says it's nothing personal with the Panthers head coach. He just has concerns about the way he prepares his team. I have no personal grudge against Frank Wright. I like Frank Wright. I like a lot of people in that organization. I like Scott Federer. I, I like a lot of people there. But when you don't let you, when you don't protect your quarterback in the summer, do you want me to say everything's going to be okay? Do you want me to? Do you want me to say everybody gets to play right field? It'll be good. We'll go to Dairy Queen after the game. I mean, <laughs> like seriously, it was bad. And Frank has not been very good on opening day. I mean, Frank now is 0-5 and one on opening day. That tells me: Are you getting your team ready to play? I would say this to Frank directly as an executive, as somebody who studies the game for a living. 
I would say it directly. Like, that's not what we are. And the offensive line was not very good this summer. Why? I didn't watch practice, but it didn't look like they were real physical. And I know how good that line played at the end of the year last year. So I didn't think it was a talent issue as much as it was an execution issue and an attention to detail issue. So, you know, you can say I was being, I was never personal. I'm never personal about anything. I say the truth. I speak what I think. He came strong, Fiddy. I think you were a little uh, misled in your uh, talking about his career. That man's got three rings as a executive in the NFL. So uh, What's he doing yeah. now? Oh, it doesn't matter. He got three championship rings. He's been in the league over 30 years working for the Patriots, the Niners, the Raiders, the Browns. So, yeah, I don't know if I'd call that did he a draft, failed career. Did he draft Tom Brady? Uh, I don't know. I guess we'd have to to, to check on that one. All but, right, we'll uh, get anyway. Hey, Drum, where's Drum? Research team. Um, <laughs> All right, he'll get on it. Yeah, but definitely, uh, I, I don't feel like there was anything wrong with his assessments. I don't think he had any ulterior motives. I did see something before, like uh, he Frank Reich fired his son-in-law or somebody that was close to him or something I had seen before. Yeah, his son was yeah. on Matt Rule's staff. Yes, okay. So, yeah, but anyway, um, I think he just let you know that the place that he was coming from, and I think he has enough backing that you have to give some credibility to it because – uh, based off what you did see from that offensive line, there was a lot of worry to be had there. They did come out and play really well against Atlanta, I thought, but we'll see if that continues, if it's the trend or if this was a blip for them and they are that line that we saw in the preseason. All right, so a couple of things. We can go back to some of the criticism that he had for Frank Reich, and a lot of it didn't make sense. He was discussing how the offensive line didn't have any injuries, and of course, Austin Corbett had already been ruled out for the first four weeks, and Chandler Zavala had just come back from injury clown show order to man that right guard spot from what i see with lombardi too i did think it was funny he says as an executive like okay if you want to keep it factual and not personal let's just go ahead and say former yep. executive because you ain't now and he was the general manager of the cleveland browns in 2013 How'd he was involved out? with the patriots but we know bill belichick is the one that makes the moves there and so yes i get it right but at the end of the day i do understand michael lombardi does know a little bit about football the problem is when you're talking Talking about Frank Reich not having his guys ready to go, for sure. In the preseason, the off offensive line didn't look good. But as somebody mentioned on the text line, and from Florida, I think Lombardi talks out of both sides of his mouth. It's like, yeah, you're talking about how the offensive line was the issue. Okay, that's true for the preseason. But as you and I mentioned, Wes, they seemed ready to go in week one to protect Bryce Young in the first regular season game that actually mattered. Was he, th he was talking about the team, Frank Reich's teams overall. He team. was, but he also immediately went to the offensive line after that, and they seemed to be pretty good. He also failed to mention how Frank Reich does have three seasons of above 500 football, where he goes 10 and 6 in 2018, 11 and 5, 9 and 8. Frank Reich needs to win some opening day games. That would be great. If for sure, it's a legitimate criticism that he doesn't win in the first week. That that sets you back. It's not great to start 0-1 every single year. And Frank Reich has really struggled in that manner. But the criticism, it seemed harsh from the get-go. And I just never really understood it, especially as it pertains to Bryce, who I think we both agreed as well. It's like putting him out there in preseason the way you did, I didn't have any problem with it. The first... The third game, you allow him to score a touchdown. You bring him off after two series. You only play him three series in each of the first two games. I was cool with it. But Lombardi, he stood strong with his takes with Mac and Bone earlier today. Yeah, my favorite part is that he, oh, I would say this 
straight to Frank Reich's face, but you can't. I know. Well, because I, you're not an executive. You host a podcast well, with a former hey, fired ESPN host. host. Easy, easy. Look, you're going after your own kind, Fitty. You host a podcast. I do. I host a podcast. A little love for the podcast host out there. I'm just saying, though, like, it's just... If the man was really that valued and respected, especially with his last name. All right, and we're going after Lombardi He would still now. have a job in the NFL. Baby, he worked over 30 years. <laughs> like, what are we talking I mean, about? I mean, 30 <laughs> years ain't retirement age. <laughs> yeah, 30 years, three uh, championships. Uh, yeah. All right, so another guy that we... Uh, we had issues with what he said in the preseason. Yeah, what is Johnny Muscles talking about this time? Remember when Chris <laughs> Sims was really doubtful? That, I mean, said that Bryce Young showed nothing special in the preseason. Well, all of a sudden, after a start where he threw two picks and lost... Chris Sims is now seeing and believing in the Panthers rookie <laughs> yeah. quarterback, right. Bryce Young. First off, like some missed opportunities with some big throws down the field. All right. But all in all, like Bryce Young's slick. You know, he he showed he belongs and that like the game and in, in, in the NFL is not too big for him, despite him being a smaller quarterback. I think that's the thing that jumped out to me. Yeah, he had two interceptions that hurt their football team. I, I didn't look at these, though, and go, oh, my gosh, this is just a rookie being dumb with a rookie mistake. You know, this is a really good play by Jesse Bates in the middle of the field. He's supposed to be the deep middle. And what he did, he's a smart football player. He's going, they're not throwing the ball deep, so I'm going to like not backpedal so much. And the same thing here happens on the second time. Jesse Bates is one of the best safeties in football. So Bryce Young, he'll learn from that. But I also want to say that's pretty incredible. Check this out, Mike. I mean, he's looking to his left. Jesse Bates should be way back. So he's expecting that through his studies. But Jesse Bates has studied too, and he's going, wait, I see your offense. You haven't thrown the ball downfield. I'm going to say a little flat-footed. I think it's going to be in this general area. You're going to try to manipulate break. with the eyes. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll stay here. I'm not going to take the cheese. And he makes a great play there. Take the cheese. I like that. Not going to take course. it. Chris Sims, fair criticism, not taking deep <laughs> shots. This yeah. is what is fair. Evaluating what you saw in week one. I don't really have a ton of problems with what I don't know if I have any problems with what Chris Sims said here in this specific game. It seems like he's back on the Bryce wagon, baby. What do you make of Chris Sims' comments? Me neither. I thought that those were very positive comments. As you said, he told it like it was. I mean, he was got. We'll see if Carolina will try to be more aggressive this Monday night against the New Orleans Saints and see if that helps them because teams will continue to sit on those short routes if they do not do yeah. that. So they're going to have to get more aggressive, but we like what Chris Sims said all in all. Oh, uh, yeah, 252. Some of the texts are funny after Fitty's rant. I, it got Talk about getting personal. He got real personal with Mike Lombardi. <laughs> 252 said, yeah, that's a lot of talk from a couple guys who also just host a podcast. Yeah, I host a podcast too. And and Fitty, I felt something was like, whoa, hold on. Now you are going with some friendly fire. I don't know why you're doing that. Um, also, K-Town Mafia. Uh, <laughs> he said Mike Florio was a slap nut. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> Makes me laugh, though. <laughs> I don't even know if I can say it, to be honest with you, but it's a nut. I was like, all right, well. <laughs> K-Town Mafia made me laugh with that text. Well, the but. best part is that he's got the wrong dude that I'm going after. I'm going yeah. after Michael Lombardi. That's right. Who is, a, we'll just call him a slappy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's what we'll just call him. Um, yeah. All right, that was funny. All right, go ahead. What else you got, Fitty? I just like K-Town Mafia's insult. Oh, man. All right, so after the <laughs> Jets' uh, opening night win, 
you had to come down and really mourn that Aaron Rodgers' season was over. Well, Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets, he joined the Michael K. Show in New York, a radio program that I listen to very frequently. And they asked him, what do they expect from Rodgers moving forward? And Sala says, we expect Rodgers and all of his conspiracy theories to still be around the team despite being injured. Do you feel like he can still, even from afar, be a positive, impactful player on your team, even though he's not playing? Do you still think he can help Zach and still be around this team, even though he's not able to perform? Oh, heck yeah. Um, his presence alone, his voice, his words, um, shoot, his stories and conspiracy theories, all that good stuff, all of this is good. You know, he's uh, he's an unbelievable human being. He's got such thoughtful insight and his um, you know, he's a pleasure to be around. So he, his presence is not only welcome, but wanted. You know, I brought this up yesterday in the fishbowl, and y'all didn't seem to entertain it. The Jets are built to win now. Mm-hmm. They've got a roster that is ready to win big-time games now. Now, without Aaron Rodgers, I think that's in question. They no longer have to trade away the number one pick to the Green Bay Packers. Would it not benefit them? To effectively tank on the year. Assume Rodgers is going to be back next year. But put yourself in a position to get Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Shador Sanders. Well, they have too much talent to tank at this point. It would be hard for them to tank if they try. That defense is loaded. They've got weapons all over the place. So it's going to be really hard for them to be able to do that. Yeah, how do you tank, Fiddy? Zach Wilson's your quarterback. They beat the Bills. With, yeah, but, with Josh Allen, unprepared. I, I mean, Josh Allen with like the YOLO game know, of his life. I know, but how? I know we can get to six wins with Zach Wilson, but you can't get to Arizona Cardinals territory. Can you? I don't know if you can get to worst third, like third worst team in the league. Four and thirteen, I think, is on the table with Zach Wilson. No, I think I'm, they're. I think they're too good. You and I both love Garrett Wilson. How could he not? G Dub. After especially yeah, G Dub ends up with Dubs constantly in one on one battles. Brees Hall first carry of the game goes for like thirty yards, and then he gives you that eighty yarder. Ran out of gas, which was hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of G Dub, block for him. Block for him, G. You were celebrating at the 30-yard line. If you block for him, he scores. Brees was gassed at the end of that run. The offensive line is concerning for sure Mm -hmm. after this is how we're in the situation in the first place. But that defense is absolutely the real deal. We saw it up close with Carolina. The defensive line is insane. How about having two guys at cornerback in Reed and, of course, Sauce Gardner? I don't think they're going to be that bad. I think the real question is, should they go after a different quarterback to help them win right now? And I want to explore that a little bit on the other side of the break. Could Carolina get involved with the New York Jets via trade? Hmm, scary season here on Wesson <laughs> Walker. It's coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. 
All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. on slap nut for everybody out there wondering <laughs> that's gonna be a drop Wes you asked me if I saw some of the text line and a couple people telling me how that insult came to be mm-hmm. this is a lot more up your alley tell us how the insult came to be there well they said it came from uh, Jeff Jarrett aka Double J that is a famous wrestler he's been in several different leagues currently he is in all elite wrestling several different promotions uh, I should say, man, but he's known for carrying the uh, the big guitar, and he used it to smash on people, but okay. he gets it smashed <laughs> on him a lot as well. 56 years old, man, still getting out there, getting after it in the ring. All double right. J. All right, so Double J, is that one of your favorites? Do you like uh, Double J? No, okay. not really. I wouldn't say he's one of my favorites, and I don't like the fact that he does the strut like Ric Flair does. He has a strut of his mm. own that he does in the Biting ring that style. is very similar. But I respect old Double J, man. He's been around for a while. All right, so there you go. And our truth with mm-hmm. the fact about him, our truth beat him to become WCW champ, and he was the first uh, African-American champ to uh, garner that. And Jeff Jarrett said in our truths documentary that he couldn't have been more proud and said that was one of his proudest accomplishments in his career was losing to R-Truth to make him the first African-American champion. So that day, we could argue that R-Truth was a better play. That's right. He was a better play, man. Yeah. He'll like that. I know he'll appreciate that plug. Better reference. play on all streaming platforms. I like, by the way, I, I like that even though I am not the biggest fighting fan. It's uh-huh. not like I watch a lot of boxing or anything like that. We mm-hmm. have two very clear adopted favorites for both UFC and wrestling. Our truth by far. That's our guy. I will. I don't even watch it. And I will ride or die for our truth. One of my favorite moments on this on these airwaves is having him for a couple segments. Couldn't be any better. And Brian Battle, who we went to go, at least I did. I went a little bit clubbing with Brian Battle. He brought out the sign that he is the king of WFNZ. And so we have adopted him as well. He's got a fight coming up. We need to get him on. We definitely do, man. And we need to go hang out with him after he gets the win. We yeah. got to run him back with the whole crew. <laughs> I was like, so this is this reminds me of the Dan Levitard show where they tried to have Stu Gotts as a part of the crew. I forget with what fighter. Mm. It's uh, I think Mosfidal. Jorge Masvidal, I think they tried to have Stu Gotts, and I think it worked. He was with his crew going into the octagon. So, is there? <laughs> I don't know how it would feel if I was you know, walking behind Brian Battle. We were a part oh, of the crew. I, that I know true. you would. I'd be lit. I know you would. I know. <laughs> but we're getting way. Look, it worked the first time when we were asking for some kind of night and battle. Hey, he embraced us, and so we embraced Brian Battle. Let's Hopefully. get that walkout. Yeah, man. man. We can try to bring him on, too. What a good guy. Hopefully, uh, that all goes well. I believe September 23rd. Set your calendars, folks. We can try to get him on before that fight as well. Uh, I teased it in the last bre- in the last segment. I wanted to talk about this a little bit earlier, but we had the unfortunate news. In case you don't know, Brady Christensen, he's on IR. Starting left guard for the Carolina Panthers, suffered a biceps injury at the end of that Atlanta game. So because of that, the Panthers put him on IR. It means he will at least be out for four weeks. 
Austin Corbett will at least miss three more games at right guard. So now the big question is, do you put Chandler Zavala over there on the left side, Nash Jensen, Cade Mays, whoever on the right side? That's a big question mark. J.C. Horn, we learned today, he's going to miss a couple of weeks. Surgery and IR are both on the table for J.C. Horn, even though none none of those have happened yet, but he is suffering a hamstring injury right now. So we'll see what happens with J.C. All right, so you have some of that going on with the Carolina Panthers. Another question I think is worth asking is the New York Jets, of course, they're in a lot of trouble. We were talking about it in the last segment. A lot of people have thrown around a few names at quarterback that the Jets could go after. Jameis Winston is a popular one. I would like that. People have thrown out, even Cam Newton is throwing his name out. So could we resurrect of course this conversation? Is. Of course he is. He does it all the time. So Cam Newton is up there. What about Andy Dalton, Wes? Andy Dalton famously made your top 10 list when we ranked the Panthers <laughs> and the Saints in their game last year. But all kidding aside, even if I didn't have him on the top 10 list, I thought Andy Dalton did a pretty nice job with the New Orleans Saints filling in as they clearly were going to get a different QB. Now, of course, they have uh, Derek Carr. Should the Panthers look into trading their backup quarterback, Andy Dalton, to the Jets, who I think right now is certainly better than Zach Wilson, and either getting a McCall Hardman, as suggested to us by Brian on the text line, McCall Hardman played zero snaps. He would be a deep threat. We're talking about attacking downfield. Didn't play any snaps in this Monday night football game this past outing. So could be interesting there. Maybe you just want some draft capital. Really, the simple question is, do you think the Panthers should entertain trading Andy Dalton? No, you need a veteran like that. You never know what could happen. You never know how your season's going to turn out if Bryce Young gets hurt and you have a team that is able to be able to make a playoff run, perhaps in this division then no, you, you can't get rid of him at this point. Matt Corral is gone. Uh, what, what what would you have as your backup quarterback at this point? It's going to be a severe downgrade. I think that was one of the great things you wanted when you brought him in was the experience, the leadership that he's brought in. Plus, you need him to be able to help guide Bryce uh, through some of these times when he makes a mistake. You've got another set of eyes that's not a coach over there that's a player that can relate to this young man. So, no, I don't think you help the Jets out at all. And McCole Hartman certainly isn't worth you giving up a quality backup quarterback with this guy. I mean, he's all speed, and that's about it, and he doesn't even do much with that. So I think you really be wasting mm. your time going to get McCole Hartman. Well, McCole Hartman, I know we talked about him a little bit in free agency when they were looking at other wide receivers, and then he signed with the Jets, and we crossed that name off the list. DJ Chark was one of the later guys they signed. And so I thought maybe McCole could be that guy that you could get back in a help now situation because the Jets are going to be pretty desperate here if you depending on who you listen to they might believe in Zach Wilson I was watching NFL live yesterday Dan Orlovsky likes the unknown still with Zach Wilson on this team that he would like to give Zach more of a shot and that's what Robert Sala is doing by all the reports they indicate that they're going to lean into this Zach Wilson starting at quarterback thing I think that they're going to at least at some point start to search for a different uh, signal caller it just, this roster's too talented. Fiddy was talking about it. We agree on that. This roster's really good, Wes. The defense, fantastic. Even if you don't believe in McCole Hardman, he wouldn't even get any snaps out there. I thought he would, but in two wide receiver sets, they're rolling with Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard as their guys. And so I think that is a team that could get to the playoffs, possibly, with a quarterback that you're just asking to manage the game and do the whole game manager thing. I would entertain it, especially if the Jets are desperate. 
I wonder how much you could get if they choose Andy Dalton as the guy. Hey, this is the one we want to go after. Maybe even more so than Jameis Winston, whoever. If they like Andy, I wonder how much they'd be willing to give up. And if so, the Carolina Panthers could lose a quality backup. You're right about that. But to me, I don't. that doesn't matter as much. This season really is all about developing Bryce Young anyway. The only reason Andy Dalton sees the field is if Bryce Young is injured. And if Bryce Young is injured, then you could have a higher pick. No, you don't have your first-round selection because you traded it away, but you get a higher second. And so there could be some extra draft capital there. I wouldn't mind it. I'm not saying you give them away for pennies on the dollar. Oh, well, they need some help. Yeah, that doesn't help us. I'm not trying to do that. But I'm not turning them away if they come calling for Andy Dalton. What type of pick would you be thinking about here? Because I'm thinking they wouldn't surrender more than maybe a fourth round, a third round at the most. But I think that's pushing it for the Jets. You think they would? They're so desperate to win right now. Think about all of the hype leading up to this season. It's tough. You got to give this fan base something to lean, and you can only celebrate that win that they had for one night. It's very coach speak, but we're going to celebrate this one tonight. We're going to get ready for the next week. (laughs) Oh, man, this is how the fans are reacting. Because what was the main topic of discussion the next day? It wasn't the crazy punt return for a touchdown to win the game. It was our season is bleeped. Robert Sala, they just won the game. And what is his comment post game? I don't know why everybody is writing an obituary for our team name. Well, it's because nobody thinks you're going to compete anymore. I mean, you barely beat the Bills, even if they're a talented team. It took seven turnover-worthy plays and four actual turnovers from Josh Allen. If I Look, even for me as a football fan, I know we got Jets fans out there for sure. I'm feeling for you. Even us as football fans, I want the Jets to be a lot better because I want to see what that roster can do in the postseason. Andy Dalton, to me, gives them a better chance. Whatever quarterback you want to go for. There's not great options, but I wonder if because of that, the Panthers can squeeze them for everything because of the leverage that maybe you get that third-round pick or fourth-round pick, maybe a fifth in McCole Hardman or whatever, right? I know you don't like McCole, but you get the idea. Maybe even a Tashawn Gibson. Maybe they, maybe he's for the first-round pick after what he did. But something. They've got a lot of wide receiver depth, especially with some of the guys that made the roster. Yeah, I just... It's interesting because, yeah, you did say you want to see what this roster can do. To me, if it's not Aaron Rodgers under center, I don't really have a ton you think of interest just, in the Jets. You think they're just done? Or, yeah. No, I mean, I it's just, you know, I don't have a ton of interest in watching them if they don't have Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think they'll be really good. I think they have a – well, I think they have a chance to be good. And so uh, – but with Rodgers, it makes them must-see TV. With any other quarterback, you know, it's a solid watch, but you'll just be a part of the red zone that I was uh, watching <laughs> as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, But I, I just think that with that type of package, unless you can get something substantial, then uh, you aren't going to, to me, benefit yourself a ton by giving up a quality backup because you just don't know uh, how the season is going to go. All right, so we know that the Jets are probably going to rely on a pretty big run game with Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. I don't yeah, I mean, the offensive line's not even great. It's how we're in the situation in the first place with Aaron Rodgers. So, I don't know. I know that they're going to see if they can rely on the run game and allow Zach Wilson to benefit from a stacked box. Maybe you can get one-on-one coverage, and hopefully there are enough things there to benefit Zach Wilson in what is his third year. I also expect Carolina to lean on the run game. They look good running the football, Wes. Against Atlanta, it's not like it's a great defense, but Chuba Hubbard looked good. Highest graded player offensively for this team after week one. Miles Sanders, 18 rushes, 
I think gave a quality performance, except for the fumble. That was bad. But Miles Sanders was fine. My question is, are we going to have a conversation about Chuba being better than Miles? Is that a way crazy take after just week one? Or is that realistic enough to bring up after a game where he did seem like the guy that was breaking tackles once he got to the second level, even if he only got a third of the carries between the two? Chuba was definitely dynamic in his running. He was breaking a lot of tackles. He had three runs of 10-plus yards. Miles had two of those, and uh, he benefited from that zone scheme, which he was used to. In Philadelphia, when you look at the breakdown of the carries and what type of runs that they were, he had 10 runs in the zone scheme, seven in the gap. But I think that Chuba, at this point, I liked what you got from Miles Sanders. I thought you got, uh, besides the fumble, obviously, but 18 carries for 72 yards. I think that is uh, a, a nice day at the office right there. When you talk about the grand scheme of things, want to see him get in the end zone, obviously. Uh, also don't want to see that fumble on the board, no question about it. But Chuba Hubbard on that day, on that Sunday, was the better back overall as far as just popping bigger runs, 6.7 yards per carry as opposed to 4.0. But as far as just not seeing Miles the whole preseason and then what he did deliver, I thought it was promising to say the least. Yeah, I think it was, I I believe, in Miles Sanders being an adequate runner. If you want to have some criticism towards this team, letting Deontay Foreman go, paying as much money as you did to Miles Sanders, not reserving some of that money for more wide receiver play, I, I don't know, right? I, I think... That's something that you could get mad at, but Chuba, he continues to impress when he's handed the football. I do not trust him in passing situations, but when he's getting the football, I think he's proven to be a pretty effective runner. And Miles Sanders had four receptions uh, in this game against Atlanta. Thought that was good. We asked about how many catches he was going to have. Four for 26, had six targets. They're throwing to him and looked fine enough. Catching the football. And that's what you wanted. Yeah, it was. So, uh, Miles Sanders is still going to be heavily used in this offense. You also have another guy getting carries. LaVisca Chenault was the only other player to get a carry outside of Bryce Young, taking off himself. Two carries, five yards. We saw a handoff between the tackles. So, on top of those two carries, we also know LaVisca had two receptions in this game. Four touches total. Only had two targets, but four touches total for LaVisca. Wes, I know you want to see him involved a lot more as the season goes on. Well, I just feel like if you're going to come out and say all of these things in the preseason, we're going to use them like the Niners use Debo, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, I would feel like he would have a better role than four touches. Uh, I get it that some of the motion that he brings with the jet sweeps and things of that nature definitely help draw the defense, help define that coverage for Bryce Young, but I would just think that maybe you would want to get into the – eight, nine, ten touch range maybe for him as well. If you're going to talk about him in that light as far as how they're going to use him, because from what we heard from Frank Reich before, you'd have thought he would have been more of a, a, a bigger part in the offense. And so that's my only thing is just I feel like they use him so sparingly. I'm just like, you know, what's the point? Like if the guy's not a true receiver and then if you're only going to give him a couple of carries, like what what really is the point? I think he should have tack on a few more carries. And it may be situational and it may be in this football game, four carries was all that they could muster for him. But I would think maybe to get into that eight, eight touch range somewhere in there, would be a little bit more suitable for a guy that you really want to use in that light. I do think it is going to be situational. There were 30 carries. There were 32 rushing attempts. There were three from Bryce Young. I guess there was 29. There was close to 30 carries. 18 for Miles Sanders. Nine for Chuba. Two for LaVisca. So between Miles and Chuba, Chuba got a third. Miles got 
It's 66. We can do math here. I I felt pretty good about it, so I went with the math. Um, and LaVisca only had a couple, couple of catches. I think it's fine for the most part. Right, we'll see. I think this is one of those where it's tough to gauge after just one week. I think I, I want to see how many touches he has throughout the first half of the season. But him just being involved matters. It, it, it matters when you put him in motion and you fake it to him. You know, it matters him being out there and then throwing, you know, as a decoy. LaVisca and his value as a decoy, I think that's really important to this offense too. And Atlanta had to account for him. If you give him enough touches to the point where you have to account for him and it frees up other guys, that's really all I'm asking for. We saw him used, in my opinion, better in this game than we ever saw with Ben McAdoo. And I didn't, I just thought it was way too predictable with LaVisca last year. They were putting him in a situation that calls for his skill set. But it's like, all right, screen pass. We got it. You're going to throw another screen to him. <laughs> they gave you one screen pass with LaVisca. They put him in motion fake. They handed it off to him in the inside. This, to me, fits a lot more to that Cordero Patterson description. We tried to do it last year. They didn't hand it off to him. He wasn't even a running back. It, that seemed to still a little bit too much of a stretch of a comparison. I think this year we're going to see him as a Cordero Patterson light. Not as many touches, but we're going to see some form of that a little bit more so than we did last season. And I'm ready for it. The play calling. That's where it gets interesting a little bit more so. Last question for me to you, Wes. What do you feel about this play calling, not exploring the depths, not having a deep passing attack, no DJ Chark? With everything that you saw out there, do you want to wait and see more? Or do you think that this is a sign of things to come where they're not going to be looking to attack downfield? I think that you definitely want to see more aggression out of the offense. And an article just dropped today about how uh, air yards are down all across the NFL. And a lot of teams are going with the shorter to intermediate passing game. So maybe it's just a league-wide thing. But I think that uh, I feel like if you are the Carolina Panthers, you're coming out with not much to lose as far as it goes with you having the rookie quarterback and different things of that nature. So why not be aggressive? But maybe Wright feels like he doesn't necessarily have the personnel to be able to do so, especially without a true deep threat out there to take the top off of the defense. So who knows what the thinking is uh, in that building. It's just that once he said what he said in the preseason, it's like, okay, are we going to see some dynamic, aggressive play calling? And I'm not necessarily sure that we saw that in game one, but, uh, it's an ever-growing process, I'm sure, with this offense and as Bryce gets more comfortable. So who knows what we'll see on Monday night. Yeah, he said he, it was unacceptable that they didn't have enough deep passing plays. So if it's unacceptable, hopefully. Yeah, you got to take some shots, man, yep. to keep the defense honest. Yep, and especially if New Orleans is going to take some deep shots with Rashid Shaheed, who looked very good with the New Orleans Saints. This cornerback room is not looking good right now with J.C. Horn out for this week. It expected to miss a couple of weeks. IR, surgery, both on the table. And Michael Thomas is healthy enough to be out there on the field. Even if he's not what he once was, he's going to be a guy that can continue to move the chains. Love going with uh, um, Carlton Davis's slogan about him being the slant god. All right, slant, There's still a role for slant god. With New Orleans. And Chris Olave <laughs> is the real deal. It is. So if you're going to have to keep up with that kind of offense, you might not have a choice. Going to have to attack downfield, TMJ. And I will say this, DJ Chark does look like he's coming back, which is very nice. That's a good thing. Yeah, very good thing. Especially can create separation in the deep game. So hopefully that takes place. All right, let's go to the last Fitty Flash of the day. One more update for you. What you got, Fitty? Fitty.
about a little college basketball for you on a Wednesday in September? We're about a month or so away from ACC tip-off. And the Tar Heels, they're going to do their secret scrimmage this year with Florida Atlantic, a team that made the Final Four a year ago, almost made it all the way to the national title game, losing in uh, dramatic fashion to San Diego State. And you look around all the preseason top 25 polls from ESPN, CBS Sports, The Athletic, etc. They all have the Owls being a top 15 team again this year in 2023-2024. So a nice little preseason secret uh, test for Hubert Davis as he, as he enters a big uh, year three in mm-hmm. Chapel Hill. Yo, do you like this non-conference game that they have here with a nice little test before you get into conference play? Well, it's a scrimmage, so I like it because it doesn't matter if they win or lose. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, even if like with it being a scrimmage and it being that kind of guy, it's nice to go against someone that at least is a formidable mm-hmm. opponent that had experience and you know got further than you did last year. Don't I guess me. it's not a secret anymore. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah, it, it's weird that uh, FAU got past North Carolina or got further than North Carolina did. It's a big old season for Hubert Davis and Carolina basketball. It's the walk-off. It's coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. segment to go here on Weston Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We just put a question of the day out there for you. You can see it on at Weston Walker via our Twitter handle. We're putting it out right now, right? Is that what you're doing? Yes, I am. Okay, so Wes is doing it as we speak, so make sure you go check out our Twitter handle oh, at also, Wes let Walker. Me, let me throw in real quick. Uh, R-Truth was the first black NWA world champion, not WCW. Sorry about that. NWA? Yes. There's a, yeah, I guess that's not just the rap group. <laughs> no, it's not. Mm, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. You learn something every day. So, yes, you can go follow <laughs> us at Wesson Walker, at West Bryant underscore 72, HTV underscore Josh, and me, I keep it simple, at Walker Mail. Go follow us anywhere um, or any one of those handles if you want to. The question of the day for us is if you have a place that you go to very frequently, like fast food, 
restaurant, a restaurant, wherever, right? So is there a place that you go to frequently and you order the same exact thing every single time? Wes, why did you bring this question to the people? Because this is something because that you want to Because Chad Johnson was talking with okay. Shannon Sharp and they were talking about the whole nutrition thing. Oh, no, no. He was talking with Cam Newton. Sorry. Gotcha. And they were talking about the whole nutrition thing. And he spoke on uh, his meal every time he goes to McDonald's that he gets the same thing every single time. His meal has not changed since high school. So we talked about this with Chad Ochocinco yesterday and how it's Chad versus science. He is telling you to eat McDonald's and you'll be um, you will not be injury prone whatsoever. You will dodge all the injuries (laughs) such as he did during his NFL career. And so you said you kind of like that idea. You actually just copy and paste what Chad does at McDonald's, and that's the same thing you do every time you go there. Yeah, I get the Big Mac meal or the two cheeseburger meal every time. I don't know if people feel the same way. Like, I want to know what people think about Big Macs these days because it it's the most iconic fast food sandwich in the game, right? Is yes. there one that is better than the Big Mac? Whopper even, is up there, too. I say Whopper is right on its heels. Well, I mean, you might like something better, but we can all agree that Big Mac is the OG of the fast food sandwiches. Yeah, yeah it's either that or, you know, whenever the McRib shows back up. I mean, people lose their absolute minds over the McRib. It is. It's true. Everybody does lose their minds. But even so, the staple is the Big Mac, even Quarter Pounder. Does McDonald's just have the market cornered on iconic sandwiches? Yeah, no love for the Whopper? It's no. A, it's a, who, who the hell eats Burger King? Okay, that's you, but it's a lot of people. I see a lot of cars going through there every time I go there. People feel A lot of people feel that way about Burger King, though. I guess eh, some people think about it with McDonald's. but I would eat the Impossible Whopper a lot. Impossible Whopper is fine. I think most people have said it's totally fine. Yeah. But yeah, Whopper, I wouldn't put... It's, it's in the conversation... For me, as far as the Baconator, Moose is saying the Baconator, oh, it clowns anything uh, regarding McDonald's. Yeah, or but that's Burger a King. newer burger, though, so I don't know if I'd count that. It's not OG, but Baconator, it's got its real estate as far as the most well-known fast food sandwiches. That's what. Well, see, the thing is, even I go to Wendy's, I still get the Dave's Double. Over yeah, the Baconator I like because I like Dave's double. because I'm cheap. You know, the thing about the McRib <laughs> is why would you want to go to a fast food place to get barbecue when you got, like, if I want fast food quality barbecue, I'll just go to Willie P's house. Seriously? <laughs> 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 Willie P, yes, I'm glad that. So you're going the other way now. We're not insulting his barbecue anymore? Or you said, did you just give an insult? I was reading a text. Yeah, no, I was just kind of insulting him. And Nick Wilson just Mm, tweeted on the video from where I was tasting Willie's meat yesterday. Yeah. And he said, is it supposed to be gray? So there's a lot. There's still people concerning. Oh, no. This is the problem. (laughs) How Willie, look, I know Willie is trying to go through this reclamation process of, hey, my, my brisket is not dry. It's very good. It doesn't matter. Social media will bring the hate every single time. (laughs) My answer is anytime I go to Bojangles for breakfast, I can't help it, but I got to get two biscuits because I can't ever choose between their bacon, egg and cheese, which is very good. And their Cajun filet biscuit. If I have to choose, I'm going to go with the Cajun filet, but I just get both and I do it every time. And a couple of times here recently, I have not been able to get cherry drink, which is my favorite. God, I love that cherry soda. And they don't have it, and I'm always bummed out. But that's my go-to if it's available. Bacon, egg, and cheese, 
chicken, uh, uh, Cajun filet biscuit, and also the cherry drink. That's yeah, my man. go-to every time. I mean, time. those two biscuits, you can't really go wrong with either one of those. You really can't. What you got for us here, Fiddy? What's your go-to? I mean, what uh, fast food place are you talking about? So you, you're Mr. Regular every single Everywhere time. Everywhere I go. McDonald's for breakfast. I'm eating a sausage biscuit for lunch or dinner, 10-piece nugget meal, or a double quarter pounder, no ketchup. Um, Adam, yes. We got a shout-out, Crib. Adam, my boy, he's writing on the text line, Claremont Cafe Burger. All the way. It's an hour from Charlotte. Worth the drive. Still, I'm telling you right now, anybody in the A28 knows, best burger in the game. Claremont Cafe, the best burger in the game. That's strong, man. Grew up on it. And he, I don't get it all the way, but I go cheeseburger, double bacon cheeseburger, lettuce and mayonnaise. That's what I always get oh, when I go to the... mayonnaise on your burger? Yes, we've had oh, this combo. Yeah, mayonnaise oh. on a burger is pretty good. It's very good. And then I get some fries with it as well. And I get the can of Sundrop. And for some reason... Ooh, can. Yes. Okay. Yes. Sundrop sun slaps. For some reason... The can of Sundrop, even if you put it in a cup of ice, the ice that they serve specifically out of their machine, it tastes better than all the other Sundrops that exist. Big shout out to Claremont Cafe. It made me happy with Adam writing that in on the text line. That'll do it for Weston Walker. We'll be back with you tomorrow from 12 to 3. Until then, keep it right here for the Kyle Bailey Show. He'll be alongside Smoke Ludwig. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.